Hey, Skill Seeker, you are listening to episode 16 of the Skill Seeker podcast. And today I am joined by Shona from Sexy Selfish. Shona is an amazing chick just in general. She's so fun. This interview was so much fun. Uh, we recorded it pretty late at night and I was really tired. And by the end of it, I was just so, so I was buzzing. I had a really good time. So I know you're going to love it. She's got so much insight and value to give and Perfect timing. This money management, uh, money mindset stuff that Shona talks about and does for her biz is coming in perfect timing because I am literally about to put the digital download link for the money management skill kit into the Skill Seeking Business Babes Facebook group. So if you head over there, you will be able to find the money management, the state of mind, and the what's the other one that's in there oh my goodness homepage overhaul oh, that was a good one okay so the skill kit you will find four experts each giving eight tips on mindset books keeping decision making money decision making and finance for small business so I know you're going to love it. So much value in there and that is available for free as a digital download so four experts have each been asked their top eight tips in their area of expertise and we've collated it in a little book for you and there are activities and the tips so it's really actionable and head over to school seeking business babes facebook group and you'll see the link in the show notes to get your copies of those booklets for free did i mention they're free there's so much value in those but they're free so let's jump on into our episode with Shona, but we set ourselves a little challenge today to make this episode the most listened to episode of the Skill Seeker podcast. All right. So I'm going to be marketing like crazy, getting it out there. And I'm just going to ask if you have listened to the Skill Seeker podcast before and you know that our guests provide amazing insight into small business and you're liking what we're doing, I'm going to ask you to head over and leave us a review because it really, it makes a big, makes a big difference to the guests that we can get in. It's an amazing feedback for the guests that we do have to know that you actually, you're digging, you're digging what they're putting down and helps us. It totally helps us. So we're on a mission to make this the most listened to episode of the Skill Seeker podcast. I'm going to ask you to share it as well. If you are listening to this episode and you're hearing this message, I'm going to ask you to screen grab your mobile phone and share it on your Insta and put the at skillseeker.co little Insta handle in and share it. Let us know what you love about it. We will feature you on our feed as well. We share back. We'll share back. Uh, just makes, yeah, we want it. We want it to be just a little personal mission. Do you ever set personal missions? Anyway, this is my personal mission to make this the most listened to episode of the Skill Seeker podcast to date. So if you could play a little part in that, I'd be forever grateful and love you always. All right, let's jump in. You're listening to the Skill Seeker podcast, and I'm your host, Emily. Let's get real and drop that Insta perfect fail. We have one big question for all of our guests What do you know now that you wish you knew then? 
Join me each week for a dose of inspiration and education as we chat with amazing women in business, sharing their stories and lessons learned. the visuals for the people listening at home we're both covered in blankets looking like <laughs> a lamb and like like it's, it's eight it's 8 p.m in melbourne right now so it's like dedicated to the cause 7 30 yeah. where you are yeah i came downstairs and normally if i'm working downstairs at night i had to i don't know what's with this light globe I, i've been complaining about it for four years it's led and it seriously takes about 25 minutes to warm up it's like you turn it on and it's like is it on and then it sort of warms and glows yeah maybe we have one of them not, in our bathroom maybe it's oh in the bathroom that's annoying yeah maybe it's not even led anyway i don't know what it is but i so i came downstairs and i'm like uh didn't warm the light didn't warm the light up first problem <laughs> and then i'm like oh it's very dark outside and very cold so i'm gonna shut the blinds i've not shut the blinds in my office for a year <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm sh- shutting them and lowering them slowly, for anyone who's listening from an from a country other than Australia, this is a this is a legitimate thing that can happen to you, right? And anyone that's listening in Australia is just gonna be like, "Mm-hmm, had that happen before." So I'm lowering the blinds, expecting that a huntsman is just gonna jump out at me at any second. Huntsman spiders international people this huntsman spider and no no kidding it's probably going to be the same size as my hand they are terrifying i was just expecting and it doesn't fall doesn't flutter there's no slow gliding there's no scampering to escape it's like a full-blown attack do they just lunge at you don't they if you've been you've been lunged at by a huntsman everyone has every i think every australian has been had that moment of like oh my god i know you're probably not even australian until you've had that moment and then they're never on the ground. They're always no. up high. They're always, always where they can fall on your head. Mm-hmm. Always. And sometimes they're stealthy and you're like, oh, it's on my back. Like, how did it get there? And then you have to flick it off. Yeah. They're very terrifying. Anyway, no huntsman, which is making me a bit nervous. It's like it's somewhere else, isn't it? It's somewhere else. You've <laughs> just got huntsman vibes. Yeah. We get them every single, like at the start of winter and they're yep. always at the front door. So you walk, like come into my house in the morning after school run and I'm like, oh, so peaceful and calm. And then you turn around and you have a heart attack mm. yes. and then you're so terrified to go underneath the door again. They're but also bigger. I'm like, I'm not going to kill it because it's not doing anything mm. wrong. And all those eyes, you can see all of the eyes. It's not just like a little thing, <laughs> but you can see those eyes following you, which makes yeah. it harder to kill. Yes. Yeah. It's terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> so it is I had my first my first real moment of realizing I was like a parent or an adult mm-hmm. was when I was at home and my son was I don't remember six months old asleep in the bassinet and I saw a spider and I was like oh my god like I need an adult and then it was like oh my crap I'm the adult oh I have gosh. to do this spider I have to like do hairspray hairspray right I think I smacked it with my thong <laughs> because it was it was close to the bassinet, so I wanted to just like deal with it very quickly. But that was the first moment. It's like, let's oh just my God. let's just take I'm a moment to yeah. hashtag Australia. Anyone who's listening overseas is like, smack the huntsman with my thong. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, not a g string, like a flip flop. A flip flop. <laughs> yep. 
That's what we do. We hit spiders with our flip-flops and they splatter because they're huge. Yeah. Whipping a, a huntsman with a G-string is probably not going to do very much. So. No, no, not at all. Nothing. It'll probably just attach itself to the flying G-string and lunge at your face. They're awful. Anyway, <laughs> glad, we sorted, glad we sorted that out. Welcome to Australia. Welcome to the Skill Seeker podcast. <laughs> So far, we've done huntsmen and G-strings and we're doing very well. Mm -hmm. This is a classy affair. So let's introduce you. Who are you and what is your business? Hi, everyone. I'm Shoni Gates. I am a mum of two and I have two business babies currently. I've had a stage in my life where I've had three, but we're currently at two, which is just, just a nice place for me. So six years ago, I started a spray tanning business from home. I didn't want to go back to work. I wanted to be with my son um, and that is still running, which I love. I love interacting with people. I love making them feel really good about themselves when they leave. It's almost as much work to keep this business from growing than it is to grow it so we're in a very much a maintenance phase with that at the moment um and my big baby my full-time gig apart from being a mum is sexy selfish which is women's and mum's money mindset coaching which is what i'm very passionate about and i could speak for hours and days and years and months so that's kind of where all my energy and attention goes to i guess so yeah that's what i do Mm, such an interest money mindset is such an interesting thing, isn't it? It just keeps coming up in my life. I'm yeah. like, hello universe. I hear you and I'm ignoring you. <laughs> I feel like it's got a bit trendy lately. Um, there's been a lot of people speaking about it, but at the same point I'm really happy about that because the bigger and the wider and the broader the message mm. gets, the more people you know, have those breakthroughs, the more people help and the next generation is impacted from that. So at the end exactly. of the day, that's what I'm trying to do and I don't care if it's me doing it or someone else doing it or channel seven sunrise like whatever mm. I don't care as long as the message is getting out there but yeah it has got a little bit trendy it's definitely popping up everywhere I've yeah. just I've just I've, I've approached one of my barriers you know I've had so I've had this business for nearly two years and I've been doing all of my accounting on a spreadsheet in excel yeah because why not right it's sufficient <laughs> But it's also a bit of a pain in the ass. It definitely, definitely. And there's no accountability because there's no structure. It's just yeah. me filling in a blank sheet of paper. I can make it do whatever I want it to do. So I've recently, for the 1st of July, set up zero accounting. Yay, congratulations. Thank zero you. is amazing. I feel like that's a big step, right? I feel it's like I'm because I'm now accountable for yeah. what I spend, how I spend it. Like it has to come out of my business account or there has to be some sort of, tra it's not just whatever, whatever. Yeah. And I feel like that's a difference for a lot of people is when they feel like their business goes from a hobby mm. into an actual business is when they take that step mm -hmm. of responsibility around their accounting yes. things. You know, they're not getting their nails done with their business money. It's actually got purpose and intention. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So props to you. I'm doing it's a good day. So I'm like yeah. celebrating. And if anyone out there is listening and thinking, oh, I need to do that too, there is a great, there's a great course. I found a course because I was like, eh, not doing it because hard, right? I don't know how to do that. 
there is a great course and it's five minute videos and it sends you to do a little step and then sends you back to the course and then you go and you just do your five minutes. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. But you mean first step. Like yes. I, have a, I have a 14 now, I have a financial mm-hmm. advisor and a, um, you know, a wealth planner and things like that, because I know from, I'm great at setting up a budget and I'm great at mm. getting into the numbers and I love figures. And I'm one of those freaks that actually loves tax time. I find it really satisfying. Oh, do you? Yeah, I know. I know. I'm so excited for a, c- a couple of days. I'm like, I can't wait to get it all done. Um, but I, know. I get excited about the sales. Yeah. <laughs> I get excited about my own sales I yeah. put up for my business. I never buy anyone else's end of year financial stuff. I just get excited about my own. But yeah, I knew that I needed accountability, like someone else really reminding me like, hey, you need to send your stuff through. We need to do this. Otherwise, I would leave it all till kind of the last minute and thrive, mm. off, thrive off that stress and pressure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've recently brought on a team of people. And you know, that the first step was like, okay, getting zero sorted out myself. Second step was, okay, let's go and bring some other people on board to help me get my shit together. Yeah, I love that. One of the things I found, I don't know if you found this as well, but before there was zero, and if things are a bit hard in business, you sort of sabotage yourself. Like you don't actually move forward because it's a little bit convoluted, a little bit hard, a little bit like there's something going on. There's some sort of blockage. Oh yeah. And as soon as I set zero up, because that was a blockage for me, zero, like you have to pay for that. That's a commitment, right? My spreadsheet's free. But it was all of these other little sabotages that would come in. Like it's hard to, it's hard to get the information into the spreadsheet when I make a sale. Now it happens automatically. Yeah, yeah. But I've got zero there, so I stop sabotaging the sales process. It's, I'm more open to receiving money because it's easy on an accounting pr- front. Exactly. And there's so many women do have blocks like that. And lots of my um, one-on-one clients, uh, we spend a lot of the time when we first start working together around, you know, they're so, they're actually self-sabotaging themselves from making more money because they don't want to have to deal with paying tax and doing this and doing VAS statements and GST. So they stay, they stay small. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like avoiding the work mm. of all that big, big stuff. Like, and it's not really that big stuff, but it's, yeah, paying, um, paying it's unknown. first year. Yeah. It's kind of scary and it, and it feels uncomfortable. Um, and I think a lot of people stay small yes. because of that. Agree. And the commitment factor of a business that's actually like a viable business. Like once yeah. you, once you can see your figures and you're accountable yeah. and you've got that information available to you, it's like, okay, this is, this is real now. Like I have, yeah. to, I have to show up every day. Yeah. Be real. That next block is like when people start hiring staff and a lot of people mm. don't delegate and they don't outsource and they don't bring the right staff on at the right time when they should to grow because they're like, I don't want that commitment of having to pay staff and deal with super and, you know, yeah, that responsibility to someone else. So we can definitely self-sabotage in so many different ways. And this is something that you help women with every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got courses and stuff that women work through at their, their own pace. So they do it with their awesome. husband and it's all that foundational stuff, but a lot of the work around the blocks that's with my one-on-one private clients. And it's just, it's so crazy to me how many women have the same blocks. And so I'm, I'm loving now doing a little bit of research into, you know, generationally what was happening mm. for women at our parents' age, you know, and our grandparents' age and where have these kind of you know, generational cultural blocks even come from? It's just so really true. fascinating to me. So what is, what is the one for women between 30 and 40? What's, 
Is there, is there a consistent one? Yeah, yeah, it definitely tends to be. If they do have a business, it's that stepping up into actually feeling like they're worthy or that they're doing enough or that they're making enough to use the time. You know, they might be spending six to eight hours on their business a, a week or whatever and they feel like they've got to make X amount to make it, to prove to their husband, to prove to other people that they are mm-hmm. worth it. So there's a lot of this, like, it'll never be enough Mm-hmm. that we work through um and then yeah consistently across all age groups all different types of mums there is that like oh I want to make more money on the surface level but subconsciously I say you know are you doing your accounting do you want to deal with your tax how are you going to hire someone and they're like oh my god that's way too hard mm. you know so <laughs> it's conflicting there's definitely lots of work around so, yeah so true so many conflict and and they're so subconscious like they're so deep yeah you're just, we don't think of them day to day. Yeah, exactly. Another one that's popping up just in the last couple of sessions I've had this week is around women feeling like they can't earn more than their husbands. Mm. Like in some way that that emasculate. And that's so subconscious because on the conscious level, we're all like, I'm going to make more than him. I'm going to make bank. I'm going to retire my partner. And yeah. all this stuff. But subconsciously, the minute we make more money than them, it kind of, it throws the balance out a little bit. For some of us, we feel more balanced well, we might as women and the men don't. Mm. And for other relationships, it's just, it throws things right off. So, so true. Interesting. You wrote, you brought that up because I'm just putting the finishing touches on the learn stuff fast booklet that I'm working on at the moment. And one of the things I talk about is your beliefs, values and experiences and how they affect what information you were even open to receiving in terms of courses and better learning outcomes and all of this stuff and the beliefs around how much you earn or how much you're worth something I just like added a little paragraph in about that this afternoon because it sounds amazing. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah. I'm going to send you a copy. Everyone that comes on the podcast gets a copy. Oh yeah. Lucky me. (laughs) So yeah, around that, but it is such a big thing around the, the gender pay gap. It's like you hear all the time that men earn more than women and you might not agree with it, but when it comes to the time of earning, you sort of put yourself back into that box because society said so. So who yeah. cares? Who cares what you're actually living, what your reality is? It's like we put ourselves back a little bit. Oh, massively, massively. And even conversations I have with women, they're like, oh, I want to start my business. I just want to make as much as my husband makes. I just want to make enough to cover daycare costs. And it's like, how, how is that your mm. feeling? Like just how much do you actually want to make? And they can't even fathom it. Um, but I'm not like the, the pay gaps, the conversation that's interesting between my husband and I, because he obviously like my husband's a mechanic and he mm-hmm. does grueling physical labor. Like it's absolutely horrific to take him home and it looked like he'd dumped his head in a you know bucket of eyeliner shavings. It was, he was just filthy, you know? And so a lot of his friends, you know, they work incredibly hard. They do massively long hours. So he's got a different view about, you know, the type of work that he does versus someone, you know, doing reception work. Mm. So we'd have every conversation we have about the pay gap ends a little tensely. Mm. <laughs> but then I see it from the perspective, like I was a turn down for jobs for being a woman, for being of child rearing age, because they knew I was interested in having children I was turned down for jobs because I was getting married and they knew I'd want to take off time while I was getting married. You know, yeah, turned down for jobs. Oh, you want to take time off in school holidays. You know, you've got kids. And there was also a point where I'd reached the top of my career prior to having kids in optical dispensing and I'd reached the top level that I could get to by 19. 
I was managing three stores and everyone above me was male. And I basically came down to what's the next step for me. And they said, oh, well, you know, we can't do anything else until you turn 35. Like, that's it. That's it for you. Wow. It's going to have from 19 to 35, nothing will change. Your pay won't change. There's no opportunity for growth, like absolutely nothing. And that's when I'm like, screw having a boss. Mm. I'm going to go and make whatever I want to make every day. That's what I was going to, I was going to ask you. What, what was the reason why you started your own business? Any, uh, any of the businesses? What was the main, <laughs> the main driver? Well, originally my first business I ever started, I was working full time and I wanted to be a wedding planner. That's something I'd always wanted to be since I was four years old. So I studied advanced event, diploma in event planning. I took my first three wedding planning clients, hated it, <laughs> absolutely hated it. So I set up a business and, you know, from scratch and it was all very exciting and I was so excited to have clients and driving around to meet them with my big, beautiful binder and folder and laptop and everything, but I actually hated the event industry. So three weddings in, I was like, nope, not for me. Focused on the career, got pregnant, had my son, Eric. And honestly, I was just really bored. Mm-hmm. Like Eric was a great kid and we now understand he's seven now, but at the time we didn't understand he was autistic. So he was super independent, so quiet, just totally chill, always just was happy doing his own thing. And I was mopping my floors twice a day. I was that freaking bored. So I started the spray tanning company purely so I would have something, I guess, to do. I found an investor. I taught myself how to tan. And I, yeah, I started the business. And I, I think it just gave me a sense of purpose. But the actual, you know, having clients and the marketing and learning all the different aspects about running a business was addictive. Mm-hmm. It was so addictive. And even now, like today I've been teaching myself an entire new back way of coding and my friend's like, you know, you've got like an assistant that can do that. And I'm like, but I want to learn. I want to learn how to do it first and then I'll hand things over and she can do whatever she needs to do with it. Uh-huh. So yeah, like from, from that business. And then I was with a health and nutrition company for about three years and learned a lot with them, but didn't really want to be in the weight loss industry for the rest of my life. So yeah, now we're here with Sexy Selfish. But mm. Was that even an answer to the question? I don't remember yeah. what you asked. No, now. it was. <laughs> you did good. Basically, I started a business because I was bored and it kind of snowballed from there. So how, how, would, you, how would your friends describe you? Because from what I'm hearing, is you've always got a lot on the go. Ambitious, probably. My good friends who really know me well would just be like, you're actually really hilarious and funny and, and quite down to earth. But I think from the outside, I just look hyperactive and <laughs> always on the go and like it can, can never kind of just like rest and enjoy it. Probably from the outside, that's what it looks like. But yeah, my close friends know me quite well. And I, it's funny now, like most of the women I'm friends with all have the same type of ambition mm-hmm. that I do. They've all got something going on in their life, whether it's career or study or some type of business where that's, you know, they've got something else going on. They're not, not just mummy. Mm-hmm. I, I really struggle to connect with people who are just happy baking and stuff. Mm. I'm not, I'm not happy. At so all. the mummy bubble. There's yeah. Yeah. I remember my, my mummy bubble popped and I was like, Ugh, oh mm-hmm. gosh, this, not, this cannot be my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I love cook. I love baking. I loved baking so much before I had kids and now <laughs> I have to do, do it with the kids. I'm like, you've just killed the joy of that as, as well. Yeah. Like, I, do, I don't like doing this with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a business cause you can't do yeah. that. You can't do it with me. It's mine. I made the most del- like what I thought was going to be the most delicious 
batch of jam drops the other day. My friend Rachel from Hopscotch Graphics, she made them and I was like, oh, look at you Stafford wifing. I'm going to try and make some of them. I'll bring the kids in to help. And after they came out the oven, they looked fantastic and they tasted like <laughs> because Eric had decided to put in all this extra bicarb soda that I obviously uh. do. So it was horrific and the whole tray went in the bin. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we don't bother. Yeah, if it comes from a box, they can usually handle the instructions well enough. But from scratch, it, it has so many opportunities to go wrong. It's just a killjoy. Kids do that. Like, love yeah. them to death. But seriously, they just murder the joy in all of the things that we had <laughs> before they were born. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, like I know I struggle to connect sometimes with just people who don't have, I think, the same level of ambition and obsession yeah. that I do. So I, I know that now. I'm a bit much for them and they're a bit blur for me. So yeah. we just... We've not your people. That's different fine. people. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to talk about sexy selfish for a second. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing? Sexy selfish has been unofficially going for about three years in the background of my other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping women and supporting them through, I guess, my own journey with my money mindset stuff. But officially, it launched January last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been eighteen months. It's been pretty mental to be honest, like I set all these goals and I'm like, it'll take three years to get there. And within 90 days, I've ticked most of them off. Whoa. Yeah. So the only thing I haven't ticked off of like this big, huge, sorry, there's two things was my um, retreat in the Swiss Alps that I still want to do and a book. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, everything else has been ticked wow. off. Wow. So I'm at that stage now where I'm like meditating and like, what's next? What are we going to do next? next? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, when you started out, what did you think it would be and how's it different to what you've got now? Yeah, when I started Sexy Selfish, I was in a really, I think, angry feminist place. So it was very much about trying to help women feel comfortable with their ambition and kind of own it and say, it's okay to not just want to be a mum. It's okay to want other things and it's okay to put your kids in daycare and it's okay to just admit you really like having sex and whatever. And But from that, it really morphed into, I kept speaking about money and it just kept coming out whenever I was given an opportunity to share. And I was like, no, this is the message that I really want to, really want to impact people with. So it took about six months to actually completely rebrand. And it was a very slow six months business-wise, considering the messaging was completely different, going from self-love and mum life and, you know, coffee and wine to talking you know, pretty much consistently about money mindset. Mm. There was a big six month learning curve there, but I'm really, really grateful. Looking back now, do you think that was a defining time in your business, in your life? Yeah. Yeah. In both within my business, I definitely, you know, officially cleared out all of the nutrition company kind of, you know, mindset and event, like all that had Mm-hmm. eventually died off to nothing because that was, you know, leaving quite, we had a team of 200 women we were working with. So leaving that was a bit longer of a process than I guess I would have imagined. And also at that point I was going through my own eating disorder treatment. So I've suffered from eating disorder for the last 20 years and that six months transitioning the business, but also that was probably the darkest days of the mm. eating disorder treatment as well and just massive health complications. So it was a big, last year was a big year. <laughs> we kind of came out of the end of that and had a really, really great start to this year and kind of things, everything just feels really, really good at the moment. Oh, good. So feeling aligned, feeling like you've got a groove. 
yeah, totally aligned in every freakish way possible. But yeah, had to go through the rough stuff. And it was almost like, okay, I want this big, these big goals and these big visions and all these things I want to achieve. And it was kind of like, okay, you're not ready for it yet. So we're going to put some massive shit in your way, throw a huge amount of curveballs and you have to grow a lot to kind of get ready for the stuff that you want to come. So that was that period. It's very much a learning journey, isn't it? Life. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that hasn't gone to plan? Hugely. You want to talk about it? So much. Example. Because I think we all sit at home and we're like, oh, that that was a fail. That didn't work. That didn't go to plan. And you just look around you and you see everyone else in their lane doing their thing, looks like smooth sailing. What didn't go to plan? The whole first brand of my business didn't go to plan Mm -hmm. at all. I think I was really afraid to step up fully. So there was a lot of half-assed messaging. It was just so confusing. And I look back now and it's like, oh, facepalm, the whole thing. (laughs) Terrific. I also, you know, worked with some coaches that I don't know why I worked with. We weren't aligned. Even, you know, to the fact that they were really, really religious and I'm not. And I'm just like, why? Why did yes. I say to work with you? Like, this was obviously never going to work. Isn't that funny how we, we do that in our lives? Like, we get so involved in other people's messages that we forget to look at who they are. Like, who they mm-hmm. are is the end result you will get, right? If you follow yeah. the program, that's you are going to become them to some yeah. extent. We forget to look at that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, would you swap, tra- would you trade places with this person? And the answer was a hell no. Then I knew it was <laughs> time to get out of that. But also, yeah, like suffering, doing that six months of, you know, eating disorder getting really bad. I was obviously having a lot of that comparison-itis. Mm-hmm. Thinking in my own messed up ED head that my success wasn't happening because I was overweight. My success wasn't happening because I didn't look the way other coaches looked. And eventually it was just like, I, I had a massive social media detox, stopped comparing, stopped following anyone in my industry actually, and then felt so much better. It was like, you know what? You can be fat and successful and wealthy and happy and have great sex and it doesn't matter, right? So that obviously didn't go to plan. Um, I've had so many tech problems because like I said, I like learning everything myself and it's been really difficult for me to hand over the reins in that department because I'm worried I'm not gonna learn the things. So we've had our payment portals drop out for weeks at a time. Mm. So no money's coming. We've had our emails not be triggered. So people have paid for things and, you know, they obviously haven't got them in customer service. We've had clients that have, you know, pulled out of big payments halfway through due to their own fear and life and stuff happening. And, you know, it, it doesn't always go to plan, but you've got to just take a deep breath and go, is this me? No, it's not. This is something external. This is their stuff they're projecting. I actually haven't done anything wrong or maybe I have done something wrong. And then how do you make it better next time? And that's really the only way to go through it. The most recent, this has not gone to plan (laughs) moment was we ran a workshop, a live workshop called Getting Shit Done. Mm -hmm. And my business partner and I, Shelly, we swear like sailors, we drink a lot of wine. It, it didn't make sense to call it anything else. Like it had to be getting shit done because we say that all the time, not realizing when we went to run any promotions through any social media, obviously with that in the title, even through event, nothing would let us promote it. So we've got this incredible workshop 
that we still sell tickets and the workshop was amazing. We've got another one coming in August, but obviously we didn't have that huge impact we were looking for because it was purely word of mouth. Mm. So we just like, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. Do we need to do posters? Do we need to do flyers? <laughs> do we need to do PR? What do we need to do? Because when you take away the social media aspect, it's like going back to the dark ages, like, okay, how did they promote events in the eighties? <laughs> to really, really learn very quickly about how to get around that. Oh, interesting. That is an interesting one. I wouldn't have even thought after like shit yeah. as being a swear word. That would I know. Been and it wasn't even like tricky. we had a dollar sign as the S. Oh, you did? Yeah. So, yeah, but they're very clever. That's Facebook, what I was going to say. Yeah. Facebook jail, they will get you. So. Oh, they're out for you, aren't they? Yeah. So we couldn't do anything. But we were lucky we had amazing guests there who, yes, yeah, spread the word very quickly and tickets are already selling for our next event. So that's all right. It's a small Yay. intimate event and it's going to be word of mouth referrals, which is fantastic. Perfect. That's what you want. Yep. <laughs> your friend, well done. What would you say your biggest asset was? Tenacity. <laughs> just not, I don't know, just like, like a dog with a bone. If it's happening, it's happening. And I know my husband doesn't think this is an asset at all, but I've, everyone's always said, even since I was a teenager, like you can't half-ass anything. You, it's, it's full-ass or nothing. So everything I've done in my life is like all in. Mm. With the tanning business all in, with the nutrition business all in, with sexy selfish all in, and learning to to balance that has been difficult for me to like also be a mum. Don't just be mm. on my laptop all day because I do. I really get into these zones, and that's how I achieve amazing things and and handle multiple different channels and businesses when other people can't even fathom that. So it is such an asset, but at the same time, it's probably my biggest downfall. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's the only way I keep going. Is that just yeah, dog with a bone kind of interesting attitude about I it. He's so self-aware. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's one area of business that you wish you knew more about? I wish I knew more about copywriting. Mm. I I am a good writer and I mm. always have been, but it's not sales writing. Mm-hmm. I can write I'm like toot my own horn here, but I was blogging as a way, like another thing I did while I was just bored at home with the kids and I can write amazing blogs and I can make people feel things, but Mm. I still struggle to make them buy things from my writing. So copywriting is something I definitely need help with. You know, it's on the list to actually have a copywriter, but I also, it's one of those skills that I want to learn more about as well. So it's definitely um, each month I try to master a new skill. Um, so it's on the list for July. Oh, awesome. Probably not master it. Cause I'm sure there are people that go to university for that type of thing. Yes. I'm not going to get it done in a month, but I will go down the YouTube rabbit warren for that and yes. uh, learn as much as I can to try and make my business better. Good on you. I love that. <laughs> we're actually, we're going to, we're doing brunch and learn events too bad you're in a different state because the yes. second the third, the third person we've booked in is actually a copywriter because it is a, such a big part of business. Like we write yeah. so much on social media. Oh, maybe I could Zoom record it and send it to you. That would be pretty amazing. Multi-purpose it. Repurpose that content. That. Yeah. The other book, the, a book I really like is uh, you've obviously read Simon Sinek, Start With Why, because everyone yeah. <laughs> on the face of the planet has read that book, right? There is a book called lead with the story ah i think that's on my audio audible wish list we are 
My Audible wish list is going to take about eight years to get through, but it's Paul Smith. Paul Smith does that one. Sorry, I just had to Google it on my phone. We are reading it in the Skill Seeking Business Babes book club at the moment. So if you're not in there, I'm going to do my review in like a few days. Sounds great. I'll definitely check it out. It's such a good one. It is like the... Oh, I'm doing my review, right? But this is what you need to know about it. It is... It's like the lead on. It's the practical for Simon Sinek's Start With Why. This is like yeah. how you communicate it. What you oh, know that's what so good. Is how you put it in a story form yeah. and start communicating. He's got downloadable templates and everything, but it's how to structure a story, whether it be a paragraph or like a, an actual book that you want to write. Yeah. The little sections that you need and when to introduce a villain and overcome a victory and like all of this. That's so good. So good. So I, remember, I remember reading Start With Why while I was doing like flyers for the nutrition yeah. business. I was walking around the streets doing flyers, listening, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, this is so good. Oh my God, this is so good. But at the end of it, I was kind of like, how? Yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. I get yeah. it. And I feel it in my heart, but how? Yes. So that's great. I'll definitely. This is the perfect, perfect lead on to that book, I think. Awesome. <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite book? What's been your biggest? Favorite. My favorite workbook, I think, would actually have to be the Motivation Manifesto. I've read that Mm -hmm. so many times. It's battered and bruised. My favorite life book Mm -hmm. is uh, French French Kids Eat Everything. I've read that once again. Like it's covered, it's covered in food stains and battered pages. And but I'm I'm a big reader, so that's actually really hard. I think those those two right now, like this week, those two would be my favourite books. Ask me again in a month and it might be completely different because I <laughs> I read a lot. <laughs> Do you know they say that amazing CEOs read 60 books a year? Yeah. Do you reckon you read 60 books a year? Yeah, I probably read about six paper books a month and then I would go probably two audio books a month at least. Yeah. Yeah. And Smashing. then throw in multiple podcasts. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big yes. reader. <laughs> So I love listening to audiobooks. I just can't read to save myself. It is just not my learning style. So audiobooks, life-changing. I love them. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your go-to motto or saying or inspirational quote? Like what is the one that you just, that you have? The one for me this year would be the more fun I have, the more money I make. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they change you know, I would say pretty yearly. There's always been a yeah. word of the year. Mm-hmm. Like last year's word of the year was, it was the grind year. Mm-hmm. And this year has been the, the year of flow. And that, that the more fun I have, the more money I make. I'm just finding the more I repeat that to myself, the more time I intentionally play and have fun, literally the more money I'm making. And I think that's important for me in terms of that balance that I'm, you know, still trying to be a really present mum, but also I do have this massive ambition. I find myself getting frustrated thinking sometimes like, oh, no one would question a man if he was doing what I was doing. No one would, no one would tell him he's not spending enough time with his kids. So, so true. Yeah. The more fun I have, the more money I make just reminds me that yeah, to play. Oh, I do love that way. Yeah, actually, I've got like an affirmation card deck yep. and I posted it to one of my friends and she did a guest speak like a speaking mm-hmm. training, I guess, in one of my groups. And she did like an affirmation card from my deck to before she did the training. And that was the card that she pulled out. And the more fun I have, the more money I make. I was like, oh my God, yes, it's so true. Um, it was just, it was really awesome. Oh, yeah. I love that story. Yeah, I love it when things happen like that. The universe is 
you know, whether you believe it or not. Exactly. It's, it's there. You can't yep. deny it. Yep. <laughs> How do you celebrate your wins? Normally with alcohol, if I'm honest. <laughs> Normally that's like a treat to myself to go and buy the really nice bottle of gin. Yes. We've got some beautiful distilleries around us here mm. in the Barossa. What's your favourite gin? My favourite gin at the moment is the, we've got the Seppels Road Distillers. So they've okay. got their distillery there and you can go and like it's local. It's right around the corner from my son's school. So that's my favourite at the moment, but I'm actually 13 weeks pregnant. So I'm not drinking. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. I wasn't sure if I was going to say that or not on here, but yeah, so I'm pregnant and I'm not currently drinking. So mm. I don't know how I'll celebrate at this end of month. I, I will probably get peppermint tea. <laughs> yeah, it probably won't be as fun as champagne or gin or anything like that but I'll find something to do not that you ask but my favorite gin because I'm a big gin fan has to be four pillars bloody Shiraz have you tried the bloody Shiraz I've not had their Shiraz but I have had Shiraz gin from one of our places locally it's so good so good it's like the perfect drink do you have it just by itself yes yeah yeah, with an ice cube, but yes. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I mix it as well. But Yeah, my mum made for me before I got, knew I was pregnant was uh, she put lime and cracked pepper in with like the tiniest dash of tonic. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in love with this. And then by the time I went up to her place to have it again, I was like, yeah, never mind. Yes. <laughs> cracked pepper. It's totally, it's, it's like a gin game changer. Yeah, it just changes everything. It was really, really cool. <laughs> I had one of my friends around for dinner last night and she... Is she works at some of Melbourne's best bars. So she's just like opening up my cupboard. She's like, let me make you a drink. I'm like, oh, yeah. thank you. Why is it so much awesome. better to make it? Yes. I have a friend, Amber, that makes the most incredible espresso martinis. So it's always on a Friday night. Come over for martinis. I'm like, yes, I will be there. She's got everything chilling in the fridge and end up sitting in her wardrobe drinking, talking. Oh. <laughs> Look at the type of friends you want. You definitely need the cocktail friends, but you also need the cup of tea friends, I think. Yes. Or yeah. coffee, whichever way mm-hmm. you go. I won't judge you if you drink coffee, but <laughs> you need the tea friends, I right? I never drank coffee up until I started this business. And then I kind of like <gasps> in the early yeah. days, there was some early starts and some late nights and that's when the coffee entered my life. <laughs> I'm allergic to coffee. I just don't ever get, I just, I can't, I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, my husband still can't have it. He'll be violently ill. Yes, that's me. Have, yeah, he doesn't have any coffee, even hot chocolate, anything like that. But he will have like a Red Bull every now and again. I'm like, how can you stomach that but not caffeine? But it's, not, it's not the allergic to caffeine. It's something to do with the oils in the beans because I'm also allergic to macadamia nuts. Oh, wow. So it's something like the waxy, oily things that yeah, gets yeah. me. I can understand that. Hmm. I just can't imagine my life without coffee, to be honest. Like, I'm not like an every single day, multiple cups person. But some days you just need it. You do. I just needed it. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Some days I just need it and it's not available and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your biggest fear in business? That people will think I'm a bitch. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's, not, it's not really a logical Thing because I'm not a bitch. No, I was going to say you're one of the friendliest I'm, people yeah, I've ever spoken to. But when I, a couple of years ago, I was really successful in my business. I was making so much money and traveling and doing all this stuff. And I lost a big group of girlfriends because they're like, you've changed so much and we don't know who you are and mm. all this stuff. And I think that that fear 
I've worked through it to an extent, but it's still there. It still holds me back, you know, and that's the one question that pops up when I, when I post something that's quite strong mm-hmm. or I do a training that I feel is amazing and life changing, but there's always that little voice in the back of my head that's going to go, people are going to think you're a bitch. I know. Oh, interesting. Isn't it so funny how even when we talk about our own fears out loud, they're kind of, they're kind of a bit funny. Like you yeah. can't talk about that with a straight face. No one ever no. talks about their fears with a straight face, really. Yeah, you can't. But then in the privacy of your own home, when that fear pops up, you're like, yeah. this is massive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time when I'm like, yeah, oh my God, everyone's going to hate me. I'm not going to have any friends left, but I'll be really, yeah. really successful. I've got that one as well. <laughs> people won't actually, oh no, my one's around like people won't continue to like me it's like every new person that's like oh that's that's fun or every new like you get you're like I'm gonna lose they're gonna figure out that I'm not that good yeah and they're gonna unlike me (laughs) imposter syndrome I recently I used to think that in the early stages of business Mm -hmm. especially with the tanning business I would take it super personally if someone came to see me and then went to see someone else Mm -hmm. but then I realized as well I'm like wait a minute Shani you have cycles too like you feel a certain coach or a certain guy and you think this person's amazing and I like digest everything they put out and then a couple of months later, I'm doing the same thing with someone else. Yes. And, you know, I'm really obsessed with one nail girl for two years. And then suddenly I'm seeing, like, it's just weird. That's who we are as humans. We go inside. Yeah. So one not- of my girlfriends is so good. She goes, get over yourself. You're not that good. Yeah. Like, it was never <laughs> even about you. It's yeah. not even about you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, true. That's crushing, but true and a relief all at the same time. But thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's tricky, isn't it? If, if there was someone out there listening to this right now about to quit, what's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Don't be a little bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, no, but seriously, like what is, what is quitting going to do? Quitting is a, ch- a choice to fail. It's, you know, a choice to give up. There's no such thing as failure. You choose to quit. But mm-hmm. at the same point, like you never know who your message is going to reach tomorrow there's certainly been days early in my business where I'm just like I have no idea what I'm doing and I can't do this and then I get a message from a woman saying I I did your program and it was so silly but I realized I haven't checked my breasts for six months and I just found a lump and I've been to the doctor and you know like you just never know Mm. you strike gold tomorrow you strike gold five minutes after you quit you impact that person you change their life three days after you we're going to close up shop like you just never know and it's it's bigger than you and it's more important than you. And yeah, kind of get over yourself and don't be a little bitch about it. There are people that need what you have. But also you, so this is not one piece of advice for someone who is <laughs> There could be two people. people. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that like what you want and the message in your heart and the desires that you have are there for a reason. They don't just come to you if you're not meant to have them. And it's having that until attitude like to just keep going until because yeah like you wouldn't want to run a business you wouldn't want to be successful you wouldn't want to help people if you weren't meant to do it the universe god beyonce whatever entity you believe in wouldn't put that inside you if it wasn't meant for you so yeah it's bigger than you get over yourself and keep going reach out for support reach out for help and keep going so true what do you know now that you wish you knew then pretty much just what i said i think yeah (laughs) it's not yeah it's not about me 
it's not about me that there is messages that people need to hear but also the number the numbers and statistics sides of things I really wish I'd known in the early days because it was like I've got 100 people on my email list and I'm gonna make 20 grand like it was shown out you're mad like it takes so much more than what you what you think to actually to get there and it's going to take longer as well like it's always going to take 10 times longer than you originally thought it's going to be and it's going to take 10 times more effort and 10 times more money so just being realistic about the expectations just because another coach went from you know zero to six figures in 12 months it doesn't mean you're going to do that and and that's okay everyone has their own timeline it doesn't make yours wrong it doesn't make theirs right and it's okay stick it out keep going hmm so true love it <laughs> If time wasn't a factor, you would blank. I would study everything, everything. I always had this fantasy when I was a little girl that I would, the only reason I wanted to become like a super assassin or a Charlie's Angels is because I'm like, they know French and they know Italian and they know how to shoot guns and they know karate and they can wire electric bombs. Like I just want to know everything. I don't think my quest for knowledge or my love for learning will ever be squashed. And my husband and I... uh, we, we used to watch Vampire Diaries when we first got together when we were like 17. And it was that whole, like, what would you do if you had eternity, if you were immortal? And I'd be that, that really boring, not very sexy vampire that would have 18 PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to learn everything. That's, that's what I would do. <laughs> study. Study. I love it. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I love studying, but I love yeah, learning. learning. inquiring new skills and just being so multifaceted so yes that's what I would love to do with my time if I had endless amounts of it I know it's because it time consuming learning stuff is time consuming it is but there's not enough hours in the day for all the podcasts that I need to catch up (laughs) um which probably sounds very shallow if you've had other people answer that question with like I would help orphans and I would (laughs) Uh, no (laughs) one said that no (laughs) one said that okay good I was just feeling really shallow (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> we have not had anyone go that far. It's very, okay. very similar to what you're saying. So you're fine. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Way to be that. really self-conscious about it though. Yes. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that, that was, yeah, that's my inner like, oh, people are going to think I'm a bitch. <laughs> no, no oh, one's thinking God. you're a bitch because you want to be a vampire with 18 PhDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I could be a little bit sexy vampire. We'll see. <laughs> You'd probably, you'd probably be sexy. I'm thinking most vampires are kind of, yeah. aren't they? From what I've seen. So just yes. comes with just part of the territory. Comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. With casting directors anyway. Yes. How can we find you? How can we contact you? Where's the best place to follow you or hang out with you? Yeah, I'm quite active on Instagram. That's kind of where I love actually engaging with a lot of people. So the Instagram's at sexy underscore selfish. And that's kind of where a lot of people find all my stuff. And, you know, that Instagram links to my podcast and it links to my YouTube channel and it links to the website and all the freebies and, and everything there. I have quite a big freebie hub on my website that I know people, when they come across me on Instagram, they will find the freebie hub and spend days in there just absorbing everything that they can. And that was something I was really passionate about because I know that's how I've learned a lot is through resources like that. Mm-hmm. So Instagram's probably the best place to reach out. Obviously I've got a website and all that boring stuff too, but Instagram is where I love chatting and connecting with people. Perfect. And I will, if you are listening on the podcast, you just need to swipe and you will see the show notes down the bottom of that will be links. 
So you just need to push the buttons. I'll, I'll do all the hard work for you. Just, just push the button. Yeah, push the button. Come hang out and let me know what you think of the podcast. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been really it's fun. Been good. It's been fun. It's definitely different to what I expected, but it was, it was good. Oh, good. Okay. Now I'm like, Ugh. different? No, very relaxed. In fact, I didn't even realize. I was like, is she going to ask? Is she going to tell me she's going to start recording? I didn't realize we were recording from the very start. And like 20 minutes in, I'm like, oh, no, we've been chatting. Okay, this is our Yeah, yeah. Great. Because <laughs> that's something I learned. Like, I would do this sort of talking and then I'd say, I'm going to push record now. And then people would be like a different person. And then I'd say, okay, we're off. We're off record. I've stopped pushing. Rec- I've stopped recording. And yeah, then and they come back. Turn back on. I'm like, yeah. where was the real you during that entire interview. So I'm just like, we're just straight in now. Yeah. I love it. I love it. That's definitely something I'm going to take with me. Cause yeah, yes. that was great. Yeah, I was like, when is she going to ask? Yes. Just, and all the like the yeah, small talk and stuff. Like it's just part of it, right? People actually want to know who you are as a real person. Yeah. So yes, that's what I, that's what I've learned doing these <laughs> podcasts. Awesome. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for having yeah, me. It's you. been really fun been a blast love it all right i'm looking forward to putting this all together and getting it out to the world awesome all right fantastic night you too bye so there you have it isn't she amazing i love shona anyway make sure you head over check out her socials give her socials some love while you're there at the start of this episode i did mention if you're listening and loving it Please screen grab and share it on your Insta, on your Facebook. Let your community know that you are watching it and digging it and you're loving what we're doing and you enjoy the little insights into the behind the scenes of people's biz and hearing about their learning journeys. So make sure you screen grab, share it on Insta, share it on Facebook at skillseeker.co and we'll love you forever. We are on a mission to make this the most listened to episode of the Skillseeker podcast. So thank you for playing your part in that and helping us out. We seriously, greatly appreciate it forever. And you will catch us next episode where we are interviewing. Ooh, you know what? No, I'm not going to tell you who we're going to interview, but I am going to tell you that we've been working on a little something, something. We've been following the startup journey of a really exciting brand called Gwynco, and it is for all the ladies with long torsos. So girlfriends, if you are like, mm-hmm, I know what you're talking about, I can't stand up in a onesie, then this fashion label is for you. I've been talking to Jess, the founder of this well, what is she? No, what's it? Founder? Is that the, no, she's a designer. She's a designer. So I've been talking to her each month since the start of the year, following the startup journey. So we are releasing in a few weeks, the entire startup journey with our month to month chats of the progress, what she thought it was going to be at the start and how it's actually panned out. And I tell you what, it is exciting. So that's kind of, stay tuned for that, but also Make sure you swipe left for the show notes and you can follow Gwyn, uh, Jessica Gwyn, Gwyn Co on her uh, launch as well. It's really exciting, stunning pieces of clothing coming. All right. See you next week. 
Thanks for listening, Skill Seeker. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. So you don't miss a thing and we continue to book these amazing guests for you, head on over to iTunes and subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review. Catch you next week as we chat to another amazing guest and learn about what they know now that they wish they knew then.